I have a question. Are you mowing in the dark? Welcome back to the Mowing in the Dark podcast. I am your host, Aaron Sutter. Thank you for tuning in to another Faith Friday episode. Or you could say that this is the Mowing in the Light podcast as well, because there's two different podcasts here. The Mowing in the Light podcast is only the Faith Friday episodes of the Mowing in the Dark podcast. And there's kind of a, you you, you see the, the the difference there, the mowing in the dark, mowing in the light, light you, you understand that. Uh, so if you want just the Faith Friday content, listen to, you can listen to the Mowing in the Light podcast. You can find that wherever you find podcasts, or you can continue to listen to the Mowing in the Dark podcast, and that will be just fine. Uh, you will hear all the Faith Friday content here as well. So without too much further ado, it is Thanksgiving Day when I am recording this, and we actually did our Thanksgiving meal last night uh, because we have some special family plans today. We're going to go get a hotel over in Grand Rapids, which if you're not familiar with uh, Michigan at all, uh, we're kind of, we're right by Lansing, and Grand Rapids is about an hour away. So we're going to go over there, get a hotel. And then tomorrow on Black Friday, we are going to a museum over there in Grand Rapids. And it's it's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool museum. I've been there a bunch of times. But uh, we just decided, you know what, for fun family time, we're going to grab a hotel over there. The, the hotel has a swimming pool and things like that. So the boys will really like that. And we get to go hang out as a family. So that's what we're going to do. We're probably going to get dinner at Black Rock either today or tomorrow. Uh, We're not sure if they're open today. Uh, I kind of hope they're not. I mean, it'd be cool if they were. We could have a nice dinner at Black Rock on Thanksgiving. But, you know, for their employees, I hope that they're not open. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Today is Faith Friday. And so we are jumping into Romans chapter 14 today. And the way we do the Faith Friday episodes here is we take a book of the Bible, we go chapter by chapter, verse by verse, through the Bible, or through the, the book, and, to, and we are in the book of Romans right now, and we are on chapter 14. We are coming to the end of the book of Romans. Now, Romans is actually a letter, so for those of you who have not heard the any other Faith Friday episodes. If you're new here to the podcast, the way we do this, like I said, we go, we pick a book of the Bible, we go chapter by chapter, verse by verse, we kind of break it down. And so we are coming to the end of the book of Romans, or really the book of Romans is not much more than a letter to the Roman church. Uh, Paul is the author of the letter. And that's just a little bit of background to get really what what the whole book of Romans is about, you need to go back to the very first uh, episode we did on Romans, and you need to go all the way through to really get a good picture of what Paul has been saying here. So uh, without too much further ado, we're going to get into this here. Uh, 
it's just been a lovely day. I'm so thankful for you guys, my listening audience. Uh, I, I, this podcast wouldn't exist if it wasn't for you guys. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, it is Thanksgiving, so I want to be sure to be thankful. And uh, yeah, I just, I'm really blessed to have the platforms that I have. So uh, let's see, what was I going to say here? Oh, yes, yes. My little disclaimer that I give every time, especially for those new listeners that come on, I am not a Bible scholar. I didn't go to Bible school, anything like that. I just love the Word of God. As a Christian, I love the Word of God, and I love reading it. I love breaking it down and studying it. And so that's what I tried to do here on this podcast. Now, if if you just want to hear the Word of God being read and then jump off of here, you don't want to hear me ramble on any more about it, that's fine. I am okay with that. Uh, You... I just want the whole goal of the Faith Friday episodes is get is to get God's word into people's ears. So that's what I am here for. All right, let's jump in to Romans chapter 14. The way I'm going to do this is I'm just going to read the entire chapter. It's only 23 verses. It's not too long. And then we're going to go back to the top, verse 1, and we're going to go through verse by verse and kind of break it down. And this one is kind of an interesting one today. Uh, And I want to give you a reminder as I jump into this, because it can be controversial, some of this chapter. I want to remind you that this letter is written to the church. It is not written to those in the world. It is written to the church. Okay? I just want to give that as a disclaimer. All right, let's jump in. Chapter Romans chapter 14. Accept him whose faith is weak without passing judgment on his disputable matters. One man's faith allows him to eat everything, but another man, whose faith is weak, eats only vegetables. The man who eats everything must not look down on him who does not, and the man who does not eat everything must not condemn the man who does, for God has accepted him. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To his own master he stands or falls, and he will stand. For the God, for God, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One man considers one day more sacred than another. Another man considers every day alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. He who regards one day as special does, does so to the Lord. He who eats meat eats to the Lord, for he gives thanks to God, and he who abstains does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself alone, and none of us dies to himself alone. If we live, we live to to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. For this very reason, Christ died and returned to life, so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. You then, Why do you judge your brother? Or why do you look down on your brother? For we with all for we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me, every tongue will confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. 
Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in your brother's way. As one who is in the Lord Jesus, I am fully convinced that no food is unclean in itself. But if anyone regards something as unclean, then for him it is unclean. If your brother is distressed because of what you eat, you are no longer acting in love. Do not by your eating destroy your brother for whom Christ died. Do not allow what you consider good to be spoken as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and approved by men. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All food is clean. But it is wrong for a man to eat anything that causes someone else to stumble. It is better not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything else that will cause your brother to fall. So whatever you believe about these things, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the man who does not condemn himself by what he approves. But the man who has doubts is condemned if he eats, because his eating is not from faith. And everything that does not come from faith is sin. And that's the end of chapter 14. All right, so let's go back to verse 1. Accept him whose faith is weak without passing judgment on on disputable matters. All right, so we see this a lot in the church. We we could fight over anything and everything in the church. Um, Something that my church... Uh, can get a little heated about is about drinking alcohol. Some in my church believe that it is completely wrong for anyone to touch alcohol for any reason. Other people in the church, as myself, uh, we believe that the Bible does not condemn drinking alcohol. However, it does condemn getting drunk. So now we can ask ourselves, what is drunk? Because I've been very tipsy in my life. And so I can say that I was drunk there. I did not have full control of my bodily faculties. And I, it was, it was terrible. I hated it. It, I only got really, I would say drunk once. And that was enough for me. Um, And so we have to, we have to consider that, that being, the Bible says that do not be drunk with wine. That's a command. That means if you do not obey that, you're in sin. So it is my belief that a person can drink alcohol without sinning. However, I also believe that drinking alcohol can open the door to sin because you can you you can sometimes flirt with that line between drunk and not drunk. And so that's something that our church can fight about. And, and sometimes some people in the church will pass judgment on others. And that's a disputable matter. Okay. There's many other disputable matters that we could touch on, but that's the one that came to mind. All right. So you, I'm sure you have some disputable matters that came to your mind. Just keep those in mind as we keep going here. Okay. Verse two, one man's faith 
allows him to eat everything. But another man whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. So let's say for me, okay, I don't drink alcohol any longer. I used to, I don't anymore. So some might say that my faith is weak because I don't drink alcohol. But I don't consider that weakness because I have, have experienced alcohol and I do not feel that it is appropriate for me. And we'll get into this later. I don't feel that drinking alcohol is appropriate for me. Someone who drinks alcohol is not going to be a stumbling block to me. I have made up my mind that I don't want to drink alcohol. All right. I'm not an alcoholic. I've never been addicted to alcohol. However, I don't want to get close to that line. And so I've chosen to not drink alcohol. But if there's another brother in the church that wants to, I'm okay as long as he's not getting drunk. If he gets drunk now, I'm responsible to go to this brother or sister and say, hey, man, that's sin. The Bible says that's sin. And you really need to consider stopping that and learning, disciplining yourself. If you're going to drink alcohol, to only have one or two drinks. Because where you were when you got drunk, that, that is sin. That's not appropriate. As, as a believer, that is my job in, as a part of the body of Christ, is to go to that brother and say, Hey, I'm sorry, that's sin. All right. And then that's my job as a believer, as a brother in Christ. If that particular brother doesn't listen, then I need to bring another brother with me to talk to this person. And if they still don't listen, then we bring them to before the leadership of the church. And if they still don't listen, if they continue to live in sin, they are to be kicked out of the church. That's, that's the biblical definition of church discipline. Okay, I'm, this is, I did not come up with that on my own. That is not from my brain. I believe it is in Timothy, in the first or second Timothy, but I'm not sure. All right, don't quote me on that. But I'm just saying that that is in the Bible. I've read it in the Bible. I just don't remember where it's located. <laughs> so, but that is the way the church is supposed to handle sin. All right, let's move on. Verse 3, the man who gets everything must not look down on him who does not. I'm sorry, let me read that again. The man who eats everything must not look down on him who does not. And the man who does not eat everything must not condemn the man who does. For God has accepted him. All right, just just like I was saying with alcohol. All right, I'm not condemning the person that chooses to drink alcohol. I'm not, I don't. My brother, for example, he drinks alcohol. I don't condemn him for that. I I don't. I don't condemn him for drinking alcohol. He can do that if he wants, as long as he's not going into sin. All right? So I don't condemn him at all. But there are those in the church, as I was saying, who do condemn people for drinking alcohol. And that's not appropriate either. All right? And this could be about many different things. It could be about food for, for the Jews and for the Gentiles. It was about food. All right. Because 
you know, what's clean and what's unclean. The Jews had a lot of things that they could not eat because it was unclean in the Jewish faith. But God told Peter, and Peter passed it on to the rest of the church, that there's no longer anything that is unclean. We can eat it all. Okay? According to God. Verse 4. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To his own master he stands or falls. So we are servants of God. All right, that's what he's saying here. And he who he will stand, for the Lord is able to make him stand. All right, so who are you to judge someone else's servant? All right, now this is not talking about the world. All right, are we to pass judgment on the world? Yes. Now, not in a mean, uh, slanderous, uh, backbiting, mean, ug- ugly way, but we we do have to have discernment and judgment, not judgment like I condemn you for doing that. That's not what I'm saying here. I'm saying we need to have discernment or judgment, all right? And we can say, okay, that guy is out of control drunk, just going back to alcohol. I, I condemn that. That is passing judgment on that person, as it should be. He's in sin, all right? Even though he's not in the church, even though he's not a brother in Christ, he's still in sin because the law of God applies to those who believe and who do not believe. That, that is the way it is. All right, so yes, I can say uh, I'm really sorry that he is completely off his rocker drunk, but we don't want to associate with with that person too much because they are they are a known drunk. All right, so that's what that's kind of what they're saying here. Let me read it again, verse four. Who are you? to judge someone else's servant. Now, this is talking directly to the church. This is not talking to the world. I said that already. So we are not supposed to pass judgment on a brother or sister in Christ if they are eating something that we don't eat or if they're drinking something that we don't drink or a number of other things. They might feel liberty in their heart and in their faith and we may not. So it is perfectly fine for them because they they are strong in their faith. They understand that they can do this without a problem. Maybe I can't. In that instance, I would be the weaker brother. All right? To his own master, to God, he stands or falls. And he will stand. For the Lord is able to make him stand. So God will sanctify. That's kind of what this is saying here. God will sanctify that person. If it's if it's truly going against their faith, they're drinking alcohol and they feel in their spirit that, you know, this is sinful, but they're going to do it anyway. God will sanctify that person over time they will come out of that just like he did with me i felt like it was not right for me to drink alcohol and i for a little while i kept continuing to do it because i like the taste i like you know having a beer with a friend whatever 
But in my spirit, I was like, I shouldn't be doing this. And so eventually I just stopped. And I said, this isn't right for me to do. That's, that's what Paul is saying here. Verse 5. One man considers one day more sacred than another. Another man considers every day alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. This is what he's saying here. It goes back again to verse 4. That um, you need to be convinced in your own mind. That what you're doing is okay. And if it's not, you need to stop because you are going against your faith. All right? And that will lead to condemnation, according to the scripture here. Let me go back here. Uh, the man, Let's see. One man's faith allows him to eat everything, but another man whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. The man who eats everything must not look down on him who does not. And the man who does not eat everything must not condemn the man who does, for God has accepted him. So God has accepted both. Okay, let's keep moving on here. We'll get deeper into it. Verse 6, he who regards one day as special does so to the Lord. He who eats meat eats to the Lord, for he gives thanks to God. And he who abstains from eating meat, I added that in, does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. Both men are giving thanks to God. One who eats meat and one who doesn't. The one who eats meat in his heart, there's nothing wrong. It is perfectly fine to eat meat. The other man in his heart says, no, it is not fine to eat meat for me. So I am not going to take, partake in that. They both praise God for that. They both give thanks to God for that. Verse 7. Uh, verse 7. For none of us lives to himself alone, and none of us dies to himself alone. So we're not, we're not living this Christian life alone. We have brothers. We have sisters. All right? And we're going deeper into this as we keep going because it sounds simple at first, but now it's getting deeper. It's getting a little bit more tough. Okay? Paul is getting a little tougher here. All right, verse 7 again, for none of us lives to himself alone, and none of us dies to himself alone. Verse 8, if we live, we live to the Lord. If we die, we die to the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. All right, verse 9, for this very reason, Christ died and returned to life, so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. So, this has both both a physical sense and a spiritual sense. The Lord is the Lord of the living and the dead. Spiritually, he is the Lord of the living and the dead. So if you're dead spiritually, he is the Lord. If you're alive spiritually, he is the Lord. If you are dead physically, he is the Lord. If you are alive physically, he is the Lord. He's in charge. He's the king. It's not a democracy. We don't get to choose, as, as a video I saw recently said, we don't get to change the Constitution. We don't get to change the law. We don't have that choice under God. You could even say under God it's a dictatorship, not 
or I would really say it's a monarchy. It's a monarchy. It's not a, it's not a democracy. We don't get a voice. All right. God sets the rules. Why? Because he is holy. We are not holy. He is altogether perfect. We are altogether sinful. We cannot be perfect in our own. He has always been perfect. So we need to understand that he is in charge. All right. Let's see. Uh, Verse 10. You then, why do you judge your brother? Or why do you look down on your brother? Again, this is to the church. This is not to the world. We are not brothers and sisters with the world, unless it's your actual brother and sister, but they're not a brother and sister in Christ. That's who's Paul, That's who Paul is talking about here. Verse 10, you then, why do you judge your brother? Or why do you look down on your brother? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. Verse 11, it is written, as surely as I live, says the Lord, Every knee will bow before me. Every tongue will confess to God. So we don't, in, in the church, we don't need to pass judgment on, on those around us, on our brothers and sisters. That's God's job. Because God does the sanctifying work. It's the Holy Spirit that convicts someone if they're doing something wrong. Now, again, if a brother is living in sin, I am to go to them, confront that sin in their life. If he does not repent, I to bring another brother and to do it again. And if he still doesn't repent, then I am to bring them before the church. And if he still doesn't repent, then we are to essentially excommunicate him from our church body in the hopes that at that point he will say, okay, I... I need to change. I have to change. I don't want to leave this family. I don't want to leave this body. So I want to change. That's what the hope is. All right. Verse 11, verse 12. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. We have to give an account. So if I'm out drinking alcohol and in my spirit, I feel like it is shameful for me and sinful for me to drink alcohol, then I am sinning. If that's what I feel, then I am sinning. I'm sinning against myself, against my conscience, and against God. Because the Holy Spirit has convicted me that I should not be doing that. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. We will have to account for that before God. And another brother, excuse me, another brother can drink alcohol and not feel that in his spirit and be perfectly fine. And he does not feel convicted by the Holy Spirit. And so he stands before God and he is completely righteous. Now that's... That's barring getting drunk. I, you have to understand that because drunkenness is a sin. All right. Drinking alcohol is not getting drunk. Drinking alcohol is drinking alcohol. You can consume too much alcohol and become drunk. Okay. We, just so we understand. All right. Verse 13. Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another, on our brothers and sisters in Christ. 
Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in your brother's way. All right, so this is a point that I wanted to make because um, I've got a friend that I've had for a long time, and he has no problem drinking alcohol. And I don't, uh, as far as I know, he's not walking with the Lord. Um, he was a, at one time a professing Christian. He doesn't seem to be right now. Um, I haven't talked to him too much about it. Um, he went through a lot of hurt with a church that kind of fell apart, with a pastor that kind of fell apart. And so I, I get it. Okay. I, I understand. But he he drinks a bit too much. Now, I'm not going to say that he's drunk or not drunk. Okay. I don't know. But um, I, I'm not passing judgment on him. What I decided to do a part of me quitting alcohol, while I did feel in my spirit that I shouldn't be doing it anymore, I also felt that in my spirit, I needed to quit to be an example for him, to set that example for him that, you know what, I am a believer, I'm a firm believer, and I don't want to give off the impression that I have any type of sinfulness or that I am going against what I believe by drinking alcohol. And so I stopped. I stopped altogether because I don't want to put a stumbling block in front of this, this brother. I consider him a brother, both in just personal life and in, in relationship to Christ, even though he may not be walking with the Lord right now. I don't want to be a stumbling block to him. So I stopped. I stopped drinking the alcohol. Verse 14. As one who is in the Lord Jesus, I am fully convinced that no food is unclean in itself. We talked about that earlier. But if anyone regards something as unclean, then for him it is unclean. Again, we talked about that earlier. Um, let's see. Verse 15. If your brother is distressed because of what you eat, you are no longer acting in love. Do not, by your eating, destroy your brother for whom Christ died. So just like, like with my friend, I do not want to put that stumbling block in front of him. I do not want to destroy him by doing something that I believe is unclean for me. And so that's one of the reasons why I just stopped drinking alcohol. Because I do not want to be that stumbling block. I do not want to be the reason why why this brother is destroyed. All right? And for you, it might be something different. For you, it might be watching a certain type of movies. Or, you know, it could be anything. It really could. It could be anything. But movies or music or just anything. Going to a certain restaurant. Maybe you like to go to Hooters. Maybe your friends like to go to Hooters. The restaurant. The ladies aren't necessarily unclothed clothed there, but they certainly aren't trying to uh, present themselves in a good, uh, wholesome light, shall we say. That's why men go there. So I would say if you're feeling in your spirit like you cannot handle going there, 
and that it's a sin for you to go there, you should not go there. All right. And you shouldn't be going there because it could, for the people that you're going there with, it could become a stumbling block. Okay. Uh, Let's see. Verse 16, I believe. Do not allow what you consider good to be spoken as evil. Do not allow what you consider good to be spoken as evil. All right. Just like my brother, my actual physical brother drinks alcohol and I don't, I do not say that drinking alcohol is evil. And he does not say that not drinking alcohol is evil. We don't do that. Okay. That's, that's the easiest way that I can, that I can say that. And I know I'm talking a lot about alcohol here, but as I said, it could be anything. It could be absolutely anything. It could be a doctrine in the church. It could be anything. It could be theological issues. It could be the gay marriage thing. It could be abortion. Now, abortion is pretty black and white. Uh, That's killing a human life. That is absolutely wrong. And I don't think you can be on the side of killing babies and, and be in the right. Okay. But for other things, theological issues, there is a debate to be had there. Okay. But we shouldn't hate each other for having different views or condemn each other for having different views. Okay. And I've struggled with that, especially with worship music. I came out of leading worship music for 15 years and I got really burned by that because I didn't grow. I didn't grow those 15 years. I didn't grow at all in my faith. I stagnated and I almost became an atheist because there was no growth in my life. And when something came along that sounded good at the time, like it sounded logical, it sounded right. It led to writing off faith in Jesus. And I I didn't go all the way down that road, thankfully. But that's where this stuff can lead. Okay, let's see. Uh, Verse 17, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. I hope you guys understand that, that it's not about the eating and the drinking. All right. It's about more. It's about righteousness. All right. Uh, Verse 18, because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and approved by men. As long as you're living and trying to live righteously, trying to, to live with your brothers in this way, your brothers and sisters in this way, trying to serve Christ, you will be pleasing to God and approved by men. Verse 19, let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. All right now, we, we need to make every effort. However, there does come a point, especially with theological or doctrinal issues, where we have to fight about it. We have to argue about it. We have to take a stand. Okay? But there, there is a time and a place for that. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace 
and to mutual edification. All right. So yes, we do need to make a stand, but we need to first work and see if we can, if the situation can be led to peace. All right. Verse 20, do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All food is clean, but it is wrong for a man to eat anything that causes someone else to stumble. This is where I was at with my friend. And I have this highlighted in my Bible because I was reading through Romans at that time. This was about a year, year and a half ago, where I decided, maybe even two years, where I decided to stop drinking alcohol. And um, because I didn't want to be a stumbling block. All right, verse 20 again. Let's read it again. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. I didn't want to destroy the work of God in my friend's life by drinking alcohol. Okay? I figure it's less offensive to not drink alcohol than to drink alcohol and give the wrong impression that I think it's okay to be drunk. Okay? All food is clean. There's nothing that's off limits for food. But it is wrong for a man to eat anything that causes someone else to stumble. So if my drinking alcohol was causing my friend to stumble, I had to stop. And that I felt convicted about that. And I decided, yes, I'm going to stop because I do not want to cause someone else to stumble. Verse 21, it is better not to eat meat or drink wine or alcohol, whatever you want to say there, or to do anything else that will cause your brother to fall. You, you do not know who you could cause to fall. Okay. So way back I think I was 21 or 22. I was working in youth ministry. I was a worship leader. And some of the youth leaders were going to have a get together at someone's beach house just up the road. And it was after it was after the youth meeting on a Wednesday night. And it was kind of late. So I went to a gas station and I picked up a six pack, just a six pack of malted uh, alcohol. I forget what it was. It was like... Uh, it was something, something fruity. I, I don't know. Very, very weak, very non-alcohol. I mean, it had alcohol, but not much. And I went in there, I grabbed it and I was walking to the counter. And one of the rough kids from the youth ministry who grew, I think he probably grew up in an abusive alcoholic home, came into that store and saw me with that. And he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, um, and he got mad. He's like, whatever, man, yelling and screaming. And he ran out of the store because to him, I was, I was an alcoholic. That's what he saw at home. That's what he saw. He saw me as being a hypocrite. He saw me first as someone he could trust. And then he saw me buying a sick six pack of alcohol, weak alcohol, and it completely destroyed his image of me and of who God is just because of that instance. That's what Paul is talking about here. And that, that just kills me to this day. It just brings sorrow to my heart because I, I was weak. Because I couldn't control myself. I caused someone to stumble. 
that breaks my heart. Verse 21, or I'm sorry, what is that? 21, yeah. It is better not to eat um, eat meat or drink wine or to do anything else that will cause your brother to fall. Just let that sink in. Verse 22, so whatever you believe about these things, keep between yourself and God. All right, so... I don't go around saying, oh, I quit drinking because I don't want to cause my brother to stumble. I don't say that. I say, oh, yeah, you know, I just quit drinking. I don't drink anymore. I don't say I'd quit drinking because I don't want I don't want to cause you to stumble. I don't want you to fall into sin. So I'm going to I'm going to abstain. So hopefully you won't fall into sin. I don't say that. I keep it to myself. I keep it between me and God. Now, I am telling you, but that's that that's just one situation with one person for part of the reason why I quit drinking. All right? So whatever you believe about these things, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the man who does not condemn himself by what he approves. Do I condemn myself? Did I condemn myself by buying that alcohol and just putting a huge stumbling block in front of that kid? I don't know. I hope not. I really do hope not. It breaks my heart. And I hope that God was still able to use someone to get to him because my witness to that kid was gone. It was destroyed that day in that one 30-second incident. It was gone. Destroyed. Completely destroyed my witness to him. Completely obliterated his confidence in me, or in God for that matter, at that time. Verse 23. But the man who has doubts is condemned if he eats. Because his eating is not from faith, and everything does not and everything that does not come from faith is sin. Let me read that again. This is such a powerful verse. But the man who has doubts is condemned if he eats. I felt in my spirit with my friend I needed to stop drinking alcohol. And if I were to continue, I would be condemned. That's what's Paul that's what Paul is saying here. If I continued to drink, I would be condemned. But the man who has doubts is condemned if he eats, because his eating is not from faith. It's the opposite of faith. If you feel like the Holy Spirit is saying to stop eating or drinking and you continue to, you are now out of faith. You're not in line with faith anymore in your heart, in your mind, with your relationship with Christ. And everything that does not come from faith is sin. We've got to be careful. We've got to be careful that we do not cause one another to stumble. Now that is in the church. That is not outside the church. 
we will we are a stumbling block to those who do not believe. We absolutely are. And that's what we are called to be because eventually the hope is that they will be turned to Christ. But for in the church, those of us who are believers, we are not to be stumbling blocks to one another. That's basic that's the basic sum summation of chapter 14. Don't be a stumbling block to your brother. Don't drink or do things that in your heart you feel you should not do because those go against faith and they will condemn you. That's what the whole summation of chapter 14 is. Guys, that's it. I hope that this was helpful for you. I hope you got some value out of this today. Uh, Maybe you're out early, early, early in the morning doing your Black Friday shopping and you're listening to this. I hope this was an encouragement to you, uplifting for you. I hope it got you thinking about things that you eat or drink or do or say or things you listen to or watch or anything. And I, I, I just hope that this was impactful for you today. I know it has been for me in my life. Chapter Romans chapter 14 has been one of the most impactful chapters in my life over the last two or three years. And so I, I hope it was just as impactful for you. I want to thank you for listening today. I really appreciate it. And I always forget to do a, a uh, book for the book club that I pseudo started. So another book that I would recommend for every single person, especially men. This one is mostly for men, but I think it's good for women to read it as well. Is a book called Family Shepherds. All right. It is basically for men. I think every single man in the church today and out of the church should read this book, Family Shepherds. It is written by Vody Bacham Jr. And you can find it on Amazon. It is an excellent read. It is transformational for you, for your family. It will teach you as the father to lead your household. And if, if, if you are a single parent, if you're a single mother, you need to read this book because you have to be the family shepherd. It's on you now. You are the you are the head of the household in this instance. So you need to be the shepherd. And so women and men need to read this book. I I cannot stress it enough. I'm reading it a second time through. It is so impactful and it gets you thinking about how we do church, how we do discipleship in our families, because we are called as fathers to disciple our children and our wives in the faith. And so it, this book teaches you how to do it. It tells you how to do it. It gives you tools how to do it, and it makes it easy. Okay? So I, I encourage you to go on Amazon or go out to your local Barnes & Noble or whatever and get the book Family Shepherds by Vody. V-O-D-D-I-E, Bauckham, B-A-U-C-H-A-M, 
Jr. All right? I I highly encourage you, even if you're not married, this book is a great resource for you to read so that you are prepared when you do get married. All right? That's it for today, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And I will see you in the next Faith Friday episode.